there and you are listening to the AWR podcast, the audio wrestling review. I am your host Lee Townsend and this is our seven day summary show, AWR Weekly. Before we get stuck in, just to point you in the direction of our SoundCloud page. This week we reviewed WWE Battlegrounds 2016, Jay was front and centre in attendance. Jay, as I speak of him, also reviewed AAW's United We Stand, both of those definitely worth checking out. I would like to welcome into the conversation now, Chris Watts. Yeah, good evening, guys. How are we doing? And Jay Ralston. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. So, guys, we will start off AWR Weekly with the news. And this was the first week of the WWE Draft. Raw did 3.38 million viewers. SmackDown did 2.75. This is way up for SmackDown. Do we think the brand works? At least, I know it's the first week, but looking at the two shows... Oh, well, it was always going to pop it um, because it's it's something new, isn't it? But pr- proof ain't going to be in, in the pudding until you're going to look really towards Survivor Series time to really see whether it's made any difference. Um, it won't have done as of yet. As I said, it, it pops a rating because it's something different. But don't don't read too much. Also, you've got to remember, SmackDown is still on a new time slot. So there's that to get used to as, as well as everything else. So um, it certainly needs time to develop, but there's no reason it can't grow. Um, I mean, personally, I mean, when you actually look at the amount of viewers, it's still horrifically low compared to what it has been. But then that's TV nowadays. So, uh, we, you know, we've talked about the the plus seven rating uh, before. That's obviously the DVRs and all the rest of it, which, to be frank, that's how we watch it. So, um no, I, it's it's nothing to, to write home about yet. I mean, I think if it really had shot up, there would be more of a press release about it. But give it time. Hopefully, they can build the numbers. Yeah, I, I, I think that it basically was, you know, there's an initial buzz with the, the brand split. And I think that fans do want to tune in and see what, you know, what it's all about, if it's going to be a legitimate, you know, attempt at a, a second, you know, main show or whatever you want to call it um opposed to just being the bastard child um yeah i again though like chris said you're not going to know for a few months down the line you know exactly where they stand because right now there's a lot of buzz you know people don't know what to expect it's like you know right now you have guys that you've been watching on raw for how long and then now, if you want to see them, they're quote unquote exclusive to SmackDown. Um, so yeah, naturally people are going to tune in. They want to see AJ. They want to see Bray. They want to see Dean. They want to see Dolph or whoever you know. So I, I think that if they legitimately give this a shot and don't get lazy or sloppy or just fall into the same old habits that they did before with SmackDown, I think it'll be fine actually. Um, like it's just at a point where there's so much talent. Like, um, I, I think if the booking stays strong and the writing that there's no reason why they can't have two weekly shows that, you know, hold our attention. Sure. Um, can we see eventually SmackDown taking over on the viewers? I can't. No, I, I can't. No, I mean, it, it, definitely not in the near future. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, it's it's for so long it's been viewed in this light that I, I just can't see it. But, I mean, I guess never say never. But I, I just, I don't even know. But I, I don't know when I should get into this, but I did want to bring up something from, the, you know, the live show I was at in Pittsburgh 
and I guess this is as good a time as any. Sure. But uh, so you know, like there's the brand split, and it's uh, you know, if you want to see so and so, you got to go to Raw. If you want to see the other guys, you got to go to SmackDown. Well, the the show ended. The live show ended on Monday in Pittsburgh. Raw, that is, and. You know the, the the show went off the air. I believe I didn't see see it on television, but I believe the commentators cut out somewhere around Finn Balor celebrating. That was that would have been the end of Raw. So then afterwards, whose music hits is Finn Balor's walking to the back, but none other than John Cena. Oh, and it's like okay, I get it. Like Cena's been a major part of Raw for a decade. People bought tickets specifically to come see John Cena. But then after that, bro, they proceeded to bring out Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles. Three top SmackDown guys were in the Raw Dark match. So it just makes me wonder. I'm I'm still curious. Are are, are all these guys still traveling to both shows outside of Cena and, you know, the main guys or – I wonder what's going on here. Like, I wonder if the Raw guys then went went to SmackDown like they traditionally did in the past and, and flew home after that. Like, I don't know. Um, but I just, you know, I kind of did cringe when I was like, man, I hope this is just like an initial thing where, okay, we just split the brand. We've advertised that these people were going to be here, so we have to provide them. And maybe six months down the line, you won't be able to see John Cena on Raw still. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you, you hit the nail right on the head. The, the fact is that these shows uh, were all pre-booked prior to the idea of the, the split. So they've advertised people to show up and they're giving the fans what they paid to see. So that's all it is. I wouldn't read too much into it. There's a reason they're on the dark match for, for, for you know for the main thing. Uh, there are going to be, I think, a couple of months of this happening. Um, I mean, addressing the question, can SmackDown beat Raw? Um it has in the past. Um, it did, obviously, when Paul Heyman was writing, but the difference that you had then is that you had a writer who was actually writing what was incredible shows week in, week out. And also, dare I say it, but they had, I would go so far as to say, the best talent roster of recent times at their disposal. You know, the likes of Edge, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Lord Voldemort, you know. Um, but... You know, so it it can happen. Whether it will or not, I don't know. To be honest, this day and age of of TV ratings, I, I, I'm not saying the USA Network don't care about ratings because they obviously must do, but it just it doesn't seem to be that big a deal. You know, in, in every kind of comment about the ratings, it's just it doesn't really matter. I mean, the network subscribers are still really strong, so and that's where they're making their money. So I mean, ideally, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know, just as a rough guesstimate, but really, I'd want to see Raw heading towards 4 million viewers. And I don't think that's, you know, an unachievable goal. Uh, And I'd want to see SmackDown, you know, going above 3 million. I I don't think those two ideas and numbers are are unreasonable. No, um, we ran some polls on Twitter reviewing Raw and SmackDown. Raw finished with 83% awesome, 8% average, and 9% at a tosh. SmackDown finished with 15% awesome, 61% average, 24% as a tosh. Do we think they've got that about right? Yeah, 100%. They've got that spot on. Raw was a superb show. Absolutely superb. Uh, There was a bit of filler in there, but it was filler that worked. Um, 
Yeah, no, no issue with that rating at all. It was probably I would go so far as to say one of the best rules of the year. Um, SmackDown, on the other hand, it was a little bit meh. It was a little bit throwaway. Um, you know, there's uh, some couple, a couple of good things obviously come out of it, and obviously we'll, we'll chat about them. But out of the two, certainly Raw had the better week. But again, you've got to take everything with a pinch of salt. It's week one. You know, I mean, Jim Ross is actually even he has said you will not rate this draft until WrestleMania. That is when this draft will be made or broken. Is what happens at Mania next year. Yeah, and dare I say that you put this show from Monday night, you put that show on the night after WrestleMania, opposed to the show they did this year, the night after WrestleMania. And I think that crowd is going to be on fire. Like, I couldn't agree with you more, Chris. Like, that show on on Monday night was just absolutely incredible. Um, You know, I was going back and forth, you know, because for us, Pittsburgh was on the way home from D.C. So I was, you know, generally if it's on the way home, I'll, I'll take the extra day. And we'll go to Raw. So we went. Um, I didn't know what to expect in Pittsburgh. I knew with it being the first week of the, uh, you know, the the new draft that, you know, they would have they would try to make it exciting at the very least. And needless to say, I was I was very happy with, you know, the overall outcome of the show, which you know I know we're going to get into in detail. But yeah, no, I was very happy with the show, and yeah, I don't see why like what Chris is saying that why they can't get above four in the ratings and why SmackDown can't get above three over time. Like, I think it's just a matter of time. Sure. Uh, part of the conference call, which we will dive into later on to the show. Um, they mentioned last draft, they ran out of talent. Do we think that's reasonable excuse for that or just BS? Um, I think it's an excuse for the fact that the last draft was very poorly booked. Um, very poorly booked. It's like anything in, in you know the great wonderful world of WWE. It starts off well, but there's no there's no end game, uh, and that's really its problem. That's the only problem that I can foresee maybe in the future with this is. So we've got all these draft picks, and you know we've deciphered it all now. What's the end game? You know where are we heading now with this? Where are we going? You know, really, you're not looking. You're not just looking at next week's Raw anymore. You need to be looking at next month's, next three months' Raw. You know, where you want everyone to be and where everyone's at. And unfortunately, I still get the feeling that they're not really doing that at the moment. I get the feeling it's all... I don't know whether they're doing this on purpose, but everything feels rather off the cuff. And everything's kind of just decided in thin air, maybe in a meeting that morning. I mean, it feels very rushed at the moment, which isn't good for anybody. Yeah, it's it's like week to week, or I mean, maybe even month to month. But I'm it, that's the most. Like I don't think that they think of very much outside of what they're doing right now or what they're going to do for the next show. And I, that's the honest to God's truth. Um, yeah, I, I, they need to be thinking better ahead, especially when they have an opportunity right now to really establish some stars. Um, while, yes, it was great to have all these guys on one, you know, on both shows all the time, I think at the end of the day, this could be really good. Um, you know, the brand split, I'm saying, just because my biggest gripe is that guys weren't getting time. You know what I mean? Like, you, you need to put some time and effort into these guys to make us give a shit about them. So, 
I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of these younger guys get more opportunities, you know, with there being, you know, two different shows now and you have one show instead of two to make it count. So instead of cramming everybody onto Raw and then, you know, putting, you know, the majority of the guys on SmackDown, like now it's like, okay, you got to do your thing on Raw and you got to do your thing on SmackDown. So, I mean, I, I'm actually excited for it. Like, I think I think it's going to a year from now, WrestleMania from now, whatever. Like, I think it's going to actually work out. Um, there, there were, in my opinion, too many guys getting overlooked or just kind of thrown out there, given five to ten minutes, and then rushed to the back. So, I mean, hopefully this builds some of these guys like Styles, Wyatt, um, Owen, Zane, Cesaro, I mean, whoever you want to name. Yeah, I mean, following on from that comment on the from the conference call, Chris, would you like to take us in depth into what that conference call was all yeah, about? Yeah, can. Um, not a lot really... Sorry, I just killed a moth. Um, <laughs> not a lot really happened, if I'm completely frank. It's it's it, uh, so we were in the Q2 uh, conference call. Not a really exciting conference call, I will be honest, because what tends to happen is in Q1 is when you get your, your WrestleMania stuff. So of course, all the numbers are looking absolutely fabulous, and everyone's still jizzing about WrestleMania and how wonderful ticket sales were. Of course, this is the uh, this is the three months where people are like, oh, we're back to normal. Uh, so uh, the stock dipped a little bit uh, off that, which, which isn't to be surprised. They didn't really mention buys and stuff this time around because, quite frankly, they don't need to anymore. Um, network subscriptions is uh, holding well uh, because they have launched on other platforms. The key thing coming out of this conference was the fact that they've launched in China. Now, this is huge. Uh, they are on a, a pay TV service in China. You might have seen the uh, the promo uh, about a month ago now with, with John Cena who spoke pitch perfect Chinese Mandarin uh, to sell this uh, in, a, in a conference that has to be respected um, and the fact they've actually managed to get into China that is huge uh, for, for a big company like that so that can only grow um, they've obviously they've signed their, their first uh, Chinese talent I've forgotten his name off the top of my head I haven't got the note in front of me uh, but he's down in NXT now that was kind of the key um, the key thing coming out of the um, coming out of the conference, as you said, with regards to the draft, the questions were raised, uh, and quite rightly, uh, Vince, you know, responded and said, "Look, we can now run more pay per views. We can run more network exclusives. We can have um, specific uh, sort of merchandise, and it, they see it as a revenue growing." platform to build on this is their way of making more money and uh to be fair you don't have to be a rocket science to work that out you know it, it clearly does they can run two different shows they've announced obviously uh, backlash for september the 11th um that's a smackdown exclusive pay-per-view um we've, we've always got the clash of the champions uh special event coming up so there are going to be more of these special events and these special events are going to be what drive their network buys and their network subscriptions because the network is in a hell of a lot of countries now so what they need to do now is keep building they're in profit they're, they're past the million mark and it's holding firm to be fair i mean my projection is by next mania you're going to be going way way above two million subscribers which would be making serious money for the wwe so so kudos one Final uh, thought about the um, the 
the conference call was the question was asked whether the WWE could be sold. Um, obviously, we we all know that UFC was sold for a fee in the region of four billion dollars uh, just after UFC two hundred, and the question was was rightfully raised at the conference, and the answer was quite simple: yes, the company could be sold um, if the fans wanted it, and if everything was in place and it was it was the right deal, the company could be sold. So that was quite a shock, I thought. I thought that was quite a, a, a random kind of comment, the fact that, whoa, you know, Vince would actually get rid of his baby. Um, yeah, it, overall, it was a, a bit of an indifferent conference call. Your next conference call is going to be a biggie uh, because that's, a, that's the post-SummerSlam uh, conference call. So there you're going to be getting a load of spiel about how well they've done in Brooklyn. So, Are you a, a shareholder, Chris? Is that why you were in on this conference call? Or? <laughs> I'm not. I do. I do always check the conference calls, though, and I do regularly check only because it is actually a really good place to get information about the company and to see exactly where their head is at. Um, so, like for example, with, with Mania, you did get all the actual figures, and, and the, their shareholders do actually ask legitimate questions. The shareholders, generally, I'll be honest, are, are the average wrestling fan who turn up, and they are entitled to ask questions as shareholders to their chairman. And you get little sort of snippets, such as the idea that the company could be sold, the, the questions about the brand split, etc., etc. So, I, I just I find it quite interesting to, to hear about the company and hear how it how it goes. Um, you, you you hear all sorts of snippets. For example, I don't know if you knew, but in the past year or so, Stephanie McMahon has sound, sold off a horrifically large amount of stock. Makes you kind of wonder why she did it. But it's just a story that you kind of keep up with. Um, Vince actually cashed in about $10 million worth of stock about three months ago. Um, I don't know why. He might have needed a new yacht or something. Um, but it's little stories like that that you hear and you know little things that you can pick up. Absolutely. Um one question that wasn't asked was about Brock Lesnar and uh, will there be any punishment? Some spokesperson has gone to TMZ and said uh, the wellness program does not apply to part-time performers such as Brock Lesnar. What do we make of that? Um, I agree and I don't. WWE is an entertainment thing. It's not a sports thing. But then that argument means that no talent should ever be drug tested. So that kind of goes out the window. Now, they have a testing procedure in there for the, the WWE athletes. I'm sorry, but if you are competing in a ring, you need to be tested. It's quite simple. I, I don't get that. It seems like a bit of a cop-out answer. Um I'll be honest, I don't think the WWE really had to comment on Brock. I will be completely frank, because at the end of the day, the WWE released Brock. They didn't release him from his contract, but a stipulation in his contract meant that he could go and fight for UFC. So Brock signed a UFC contract to fight in their arena. Brock was tested by... Now, this is where this is the key thing. Brock was tested by the Athletic Commission, not a WWE wellness policy, the athletic commission, because UFC is an actual recognized athletic sport. So that's why there's so many different ramifications. The WWE's wellness policy, although it's apparently very good, it is not a, a athletic 
commission specific test it is a wwe test so i mean with all due respect to the outside world the wwe wellness policy could just be chucked in the bin because it's wwe's own wellness policy even though they big it up as very good but the comment that he he's not tested i'm sorry it makes the wwe look stupid and they've been better off just keeping their trap shut Wait, they, they really came out and said that he isn't tested, that he isn't regularly tested because he's not uh, like on the on the roster full time. Yep, their, their argument was that he has wrestled nineteen matches in five years, so he doesn't need to be tested. Oh wow! Yeah, bit of a sh- bit of a <laughs> shot in the foot, I think. Why not yeah. just say nothing? That is the example of better to say nothing at all. Just say nothing. Yeah, I agree. Um, man, no, I I think I. <laughs> Yeah, if you don't want to test them, that's your business, but don't come out and say that. I mean, especially when you're going to test everybody else. Cause, I mean, if you're going to do for one, you got to do for all. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what to think about this situation. I mean, it is kind of a sticky situation. I mean, he fails the test for UFC. There was all this buzz around that UFC fight. And then, well, now, I mean, obviously they drafted him high, and so they're not – they're not uh, too turned off by the whole thing, apparently. You know, like, they're not, you know, too... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I mean, they're not... They're still willing to put their name behind him, I guess. You know, like, they drafted him, what, in the second, third round? Something like that? Second round, yeah. He was supposed to be higher um, until this all came out, and they just bumped him down a little lower. But, um, but yeah... <laughs> Yeah. The, the problem is, is what he's been done for as well. I think that's the key thing, is that initially when this all came out, it was meant to be something to do with an asthma inhaler, um, which you could see kind of made sense. Unfortunately, he's now been done for the same drug that John Jones was also done for. The, the difference being is that John Jones was was obviously found out earlier, and we have rumours that actually Brock was known earlier, um, and that his fight was actually called off because of it. Um, so, you know, it raises questions whether that should have happened. I mean, to be honest, that's now by the by. And to be honest, anything to do with the fine or anything is actually up to UFC. It's up to nobody else. The Athletic Commission do the test. The Athletic Commission have found that this is the issue. UFC decide whether they want to fine him or not. At the moment, Brock's still taking home $2.5 million, um, you know, a pay packet from the fight. Um, and at the end of the day, do you know what? It's got people talking. I think people will want to see Brock's next fight. I think they'll want to see how he rebounds from it and, and see what happens. So, you know, it might have worked out okay. But, I mean, WWE's responses have just been so stupid on the matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing for Lesnar. I mean, obviously it's not a good thing, but like you said, I, he's always going to have the people wanting to tune in and, you know, they, they just naturally are drawn to him, whether it's, you know, his his size and, you know, just his look and or his, you know, his great wrestling background or even the fact that he was a pro wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, I think people just either, you know, they want to see the, the, the beast specimen and see him dismantle somebody or they want to see him fall flat on his face because he was, you know, the WWE wrestler. I don't know. But, like, I think people are always going to want to tune in and see Lesnar. I mean, regardless of him failing one wellness test. Um, I, I I don't think it'll be hard to rebound from this, is what I'm saying. Sure. Um, we'll leave that, that uh, subject there. Just a couple of more news bits before we go into the weekly TV. 
ZZ has been released from WWE. Now, me and Chris were in the UK. It wasn't really that easy to watch uh, Tough Enough, so we just didn't. Jay, you did. So when me and Chris just seen him on Breaking Ground, we thought, what the hell is this guy? He's useless. Tell me a bit more about him. Well, basically, obviously, the guy isn't much to look at, you could see. Um, but he, he does have a lot of charisma. And he's basically was the underdog guy who kept sliding by on the show because he was likable and just slid under the radar until the end. You know what I mean? Hmm. And but just real lazy, didn't want to work out, didn't want to, you know, apply himself to the business, but would talk about how much he loved the business and wanted to be a part of it. And, you know, so like the, the guy had won over the fans and had them like at least you know, he was playing the sympathy card. But, yeah, I mean, the guy never really had the look, uh, didn't have the drive, the desire. Uh, I, I never saw him as, you know, like, if anything, he, he like, maybe the mid-90s, he would have been a job guy or something. But, like, I'm looking at this guy like, he's never going to make it, you know, as, as a legitimate worker in the business, like, as a potential superstar anyway. Um but yeah, like you know, just every week on the show, embarrassing himself, couldn't finish challenges, uh, said, "Oh, I'm gonna go work out," and then didn't work out, and just you know, he was the brunt of a lot of jokes. Obviously, though, it was uh, he was a likable guy. Um, I don't, I can't recall. I think he might have got saved one time. I don't, I, I don't remember exactly on the show, like it so long ago, but. He just he flew under the radar until the end, until it was like, holy shit, how did this guy make it here? And uh, lo and behold, you know, even though he didn't win tough enough, they gave him a, a contract, which I still don't understand because to me it's like a, a Mojo Raleigh. Like, what's the point of having this guy around? Oh, that, that sums it all up. <laughs> and just the last bit of news: Lucha Underground Three will premiere on. Wednesday, September the 7th. We're looking forward to it, Jay? Oh, I'm so geeked for it, man. <laughs> I, I, obviously, you and me, we've talked about it a little bit. We're both trying to rip through season two and get caught up on that in time. You know, I, it, it's honestly, I don't know if it's that I don't get the channel or I forget when it's on or, or what it is. Or I, you know, it, it's just I'm surprised I don't follow this week to week like I do, you know, WWE because the product is actually very good. It's innovative it, you, you know like nothing you see anywhere else or have ever seen i'm not so much saying the the lucha libre wrestling but i'm talking just about the whole concept the dingy underground style you know promoting the the luchadors with some of the top american indie talents and just the way they put it all together with the the videos and the vignettes and the backstage stuff that just, I mean, is really, really well done. If you ask me, um, it, it, it's like nothing you see in wrestling, which makes it, dare I say, Lee, kind of cool, mate. <laughs> what isn't cool is, uh, Chris Watts has to get through two series quickly. So, uh, good luck with that. No, that's the problem. <laughs> Sorry, but why make 55 million episodes a season? <laughs> At like 40-odd minutes of pop. I have a life. I can't catch up with that. 
<laughs> give me Game of Thrones with like ten episodes a season, and I'm fine. But yeah, I I look at it and I cry. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> I want to watch you, but I just can't. Do it, uh, Chris. Come on, don't do that to yourself. I, I'm figuring that one day. Maybe when I've been in a car wreck or something and I'm off work for a couple of weeks and I'm thinking, what shall I do? I will probably sit and watch the lot. But right at this moment, unfortunately, the idea of catching up with all that and watching NXT and watching the Cruiserweight Classic and trying to keep up with Ring of Honor and listening to Lee go on and on about TNA, um, I just can't keep up with everything. Yeah, there's, there is a lot of great wrestling right now. That is for sure. Um, but yeah, no, like, I hear where you're coming from. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I said Lee talking about TNA, and then you responded with a... <laughs> no, I, I was more or less thinking about your, you know, talking about... Okay, that's know. fine. I thought I'd just clear <laughs> that up, because for a minute, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but regardless, I, it's Lucha Underground, one of those things, you put it on, Yeah, it sounds intimidating, and I think that's part of the reason that I let it get so backed up, too, because... All right, I didn't realize that it was on until nine, ten episodes in, and it's like, holy shit, I'm so far behind. Like, but once you start watching them, you actually bang them out pretty quick. It's it, it doesn't take long, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, now I can hear what you're saying. Uh, you you kind of have to pick and choose these days what you're going to watch and what you're going to really focus on. Um, you know, for me, like I said, I've I've been to 150 Ring of Honor shows live. Like I I love the product, but Lately, I just I, – I, there's so much other stuff I'm watching that that kind of gets put on the back burner. Like Shimmer, women's wrestling. Like I, I left off on like episode 55, and I here I go and I look, and they're in the 70s now. And I'm just like, holy crap, I'm so far behind on stuff that I used to like genuinely love. So, yeah, it, it's just – I mean – I guess it's a good problem to have, Chris. We're spoiled right now. I mean, it, honest to God, we are. Like, I mean, we go from years ago, it was like, yeah, we've got great indies and they're spread out all over. Like, you got these guys here, you got these Japanese guys here. But you know what? Now we've got pretty much all those guys in WWE, NXT, and then all the new hot current indie guys just tearing it up all over the US, the UK. Um, you know, those are, you know, definitely the two hotbeds right now. Cause like, let's face it, you guys have a ton of talent coming out from over there. I know on a regular basis, you know, when I see, uh, party Marty scroll and Zack Sabre jr. On shows, like I get real excited to see those guys. So, I mean, obviously there's just an abundance of great wrestling right now. And greater apparently, oh, apparently, apparently oh, he's, re- apparently he's relevant. I, I don't, <laughs> Not no, no I, I agree. But there, but there are uh, there's oh man, there's so much. I struggle to keep up with what I've got at the moment. But I'll watch Lucha one day for sure. Sure. Uh, just before we get into the weekly show, there is a week SummerSlam week. I did message you to this. So Monday Raw, Tuesday SmackDown, Wednesday NXT and CWC. That's with Lucha Underground on the horizon coming back as well. You then have TNA Thursday, the Ring of Honor, a pay per view Friday, NXT Takeover Brooklyn two Saturday. And SummerSlam Sunday. And of course, that goes straight back into your Raw SmackDown, NXT, CWC, and TNA again. Wow. Yeah. It's all right if you like haven't got a job. And, uh, <laughs> and haven't. Or, like... or what if you work three nights a week like me, Chris? I- exactly. Exactly, <laughs> mate. I, 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 well, that's the problem. You've got to catch up in one hit, haven't you? But if anything, just watch the Cruiserweight Classic. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Anyway, getting into the weekly show, we cannot go anywhere apart from start at Raw. 
Again, 83% awesome on Twitter. Finn Balor, number one contender. Sasha Banks, a new women's champion. Another subject we can get into, I suppose. Where does Roman Reigns go from here? He still won one match, but then lost to Finn Balor clean. And how do we feel about the squash matches? Right, okay. Uh, point one, the crowd were dead. Appalling crowd. Yep, Jay, uh, you were appalling. Yep. No, with all due respect, I thought they sucked. From what I was watching, it was just... First, they were seem- terrible. Yeah, it didn't yeah. seem very loud at all. I mean, Finn well, Balor comes up on the screen. It's like, oh, yeah, who the hell's he? And then so Finn Balor's doing his entrance. And you know when people are going to put their arms up. You can see a couple of people are doing it and a couple of people are following. They, honestly, they look like rabbits. It was awful. Um, yeah, awful crowd. Um, staying on ma- the crowd, sorry. Um, yeah. I did notice when Finn Balor won his match, the guys couldn't head for the X6 quick enough. It was... Um, it was a real, real shame that they, they panned to that crowd at that moment. They were just all flocking to leave. Really, really embarrassing, really. Yeah, they, they, they were appalling. I'm sorry, but your first draft show should have been your likes of Chicago or something like that. But that's by the by now. Um, so uh, let's talk about first things first. Finn Balor. Awesome. Uh, and the best way that you can possibly build up your new fresh face on the card. Uh, and, and, and in the day, come on, it's Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor at SummerSlam. Are you not just like pumped for that? Because that should be, if they give him 20 minutes, that'll be amazing. Uh, well, they better but, give him 20. Yeah, for sure. Well, to be fair, uh, judging on last year's SummerSlam, this year's is probably going to be about eight hours long. So it'll be <laughs> fine. We'll have plenty of time. Um, the show itself was great. I actually, dare I say, I quite like the squash matches. Squash matches do have a purpose in wrestling, believe it or not. Because guess what? When I was, I can only talk for myself, but when I was growing up watching wrestling, I saw a hell of a lot of squash matches on my TV. They used to do this regularly on like Sunday Night Heat and stuff, the shows that I watched. They used to get the, the, the local guys in. They used to beat the crap out of them, and that's how they got guys over. And people like Braun Strowman and Nia Jax, uh, they, they need those kind of people to, to big them up to the crowd because um, I will be completely frank, you are playing to a raw crowd who aren't probably um, educated in NXT. So to a lot of people, and I know that it's obviously mad for us to say this, to a lot of people, they don't know who Finn Balor is. I would say a, a good majority of that crowd probably don't because not everyone has the network. Not everyone watches, uh, you know, watches uh, NXT. Um, it's only because of like I mean, we can use the AJ Styles conundrum. The fact is they debuted him on a pay per view uh, with, with a smart crowd, so you know everyone knew who he was then. Um, but anyway, this was the right way to, to build Finn Balor. Absolutely, the matches were good. The squash matches were fine. Uh, I thought the open. One thing I must say that was very good, and WWE take note, I liked the use of the authority figure because they come out on the opening open of the show, they set up the show, then they left. They didn't make the show about the authority figures. What carried the show was the good wrestling. Um, Sasha Banks and Charlotte, by the way, absolutely superb match. Absolutely superb. Um, and, and the right result. And I think that's the sort of match that you needed on that opening show of the draft to really make you remember this draft show. And Sasha Banks deserves it. And actually, dare I say it, but that was the best crowd pop of the night to me was when Sasha Banks did win that. Uh, The thing is, is that this rivalry has got so much traction. This can go beyond SummerSlam and this can probably ride right up until the end of the year, really, to be completely frank. Um, This rivalry has got so much scope in it Uh, and couldn't be happier for Sasha, really. Um, you know, superb win, and again, she, you know, based on her work, she deserves it, even if she doesn't sign all the way 
Yeah, no, I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more as far as the women's match, Chris. Um, let me back it up, though. I'll get to that in a second. Um, one question before I get rolling on the show. Um, do you think that the whole weak reaction to Finn may have been because of the Pittsburgh market? I mean, it, like I said it to Lee at one point, um, and I, I know I posted it on Facebook, it's, it's markets like Pittsburgh that are the reason we continuously get guys like Roman shoved down our throats. Because it, it points... When he came out, initially you heard that big boo. You heard it. But then by the end of the matches, they were chanting his name. They were cheering for every spot he was doing. Every every offensive move he hit, they were cheering for. So like it's one of those things I noticed. Like, it's a different crowd when I'm in Chicago, New York, Philly, L.A., Miami, you know, uh, opposed to when I'm in uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Richmond, Virginia, Kansas City, Missouri, uh, the smaller towns, the the southern markets, dare I say. Uh, so I, I don't know. You know, could it could it just be that the Pittsburgh area isn't as up on NXT, or you think it's the whole the the raw crowd as a whole? Because I feel like as a whole, people know about NXT by now, Chris. Um, I think it's what I I would define as a soccer mom crowd. In the, it, it, it's true. It's just a very family-friendly show, and I the NXT is aimed at our demographic, the eighteen to 30, 35 year olds So the little kids watching it, they're probably not watching NXT. I will be honest. I don't think the kids are. I think again, it is aimed at us. I think it is catered for us. It's very obvious when you look at the crowds for the Brooklyn shows and the London shows. It is primarily a, uh, you know, young adult males that watch that show. And if you have a crowd that is lacking young adult males, they're not going to respond accordingly. Now, your comments about Roman Reigns, I completely agree. Again, it's a smarky crowd and unfortunately whether we like it or not because the wwe machine has shoved him down our throats they you know they have sold this character as as the superman and dare i say it but kids are probably into that kids are probably into him because he does get a reaction and he sells merch that's why he's in the position he's in now he took a pinfall uh, he did win the fatal four way so he's not been completely buried as you know i kind of hoped he would because if i'm completely frank he wouldn't you know he'd have taken the pinfall in that too um but you know at the end of the day he has lost kind of wonder where he goes from here but at the same time i think he needs to go into SummerSlam with a with a a you know a mid-card slot and he needs to earn his his rep back because he should not have failed a wellness test simple as that yeah that's that's the truth he does he should have to work his way back up at the very least um now as far as the the matches go um the opening four-way, I I really enjoyed. Uh, I thought that was most definitely the stronger out of the two. Uh, I loved uh, Kevin Owens, you know, his little nuances and just the little things you picked up on with the way he would mock Rusev when Rusev was trying to one up him, and it's it's just so it, it's so entertaining. I don't I don't really know how to describe it. Like I just it's so believable. I mean. He knows what to do, when to do it. Uh, like, you could tell he was leading. I mean, he was the general in that match. You know, like, he was leading the way. 
And I, I, I thought that was that was good to have Owens in there with Finn in his Raw debut. Um, you know, I love the match. Um, shit crowd. Uh, they were they were pretty hot for this match, but overall, like I, I mean, I countless times I looked over at Melissa and I said, "Man, this crowd is just terrible." Like it's this show is awesome, and she's like, and she even said, she goes, "You put this show on the night after WrestleMania, and the crowd's gonna go nuts for it." And I, I happened to, you know, I couldn't agree more because the stuff we were getting on this show was pretty, pretty solid. Um, you know, obviously Balor going over, uh, not really surprised. Like I knew WWE was high on him. It's just, it's refreshing to see though, that they are actually going to push him. Um, and they're doing it right out of the gate. So good for him that he's, you know, not floundering like, you know, Neville and Bo Dallas and, you know, some of these other guys that they called up who had actually, uh, you know, held the NXT title and then just didn't cut it for whatever reason on Raw. Um, well, you know, the squash matches, I, I have no problem with. Again, I mean, you're trying to put both of these characters over, being Nia and Strowman as, you know, unstoppable monsters. Uh you know, like, I mean, what are you going to do? Keep burying the guys you're trying to put over in in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, I'm fine. You know, a couple job guys here and there, whatever. I have no problem with that. Um, again, like Chris said, like, this is the stuff we grew up on. Like, we were accustomed to job matches every week on Superstars or uh, whatever show. Jacked, you know, you... metal. Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. All that junk. Right. Um <laughs> And then, you know, the second four-way, not as strong as the first. Uh, I I, I like the stuff Sammy did in that. I thought he looked solid. Uh, You know, Roman going over, I I, would have obviously preferred something else, but it is what it is. But the fact that we got Balor going over Roman clean in the main, to me, that was well worth, you know, having to suffer through Roman Reigns winning one fatal four-way. Um, and then, you know, touching on Sasha and Charlotte, I, I absolutely love the match. And I told you guys this when we reviewed Battleground the other day. I told you that I can now say with confidence that Charlotte is my favorite women's wrestler of all time. Um, and this was obviously said after I watched that match on Monday. Um, you know, like... I'm going to disagree with you, Chris, on, on Sasha. Her attitude actually turns me off from her. And it's more than just not signing an autograph. It's the attitude that she gives and the way she treats the fans. That it, it, it really kind of disgusts me. And at 23, she should be humble and paying her dues and winning these fans over. Um, you know, like I, I agree that you needed this moment on the, on the, uh, first new episode of raw after the draft. Um, you needed a, this big, you know, moment, this title change, this epic match. I mean, this was pay-per-view quality, you know, on raw and not even a main event. And I, it was awesome. Like I was enthralled the whole match. Uh, Charlotte to me is, I mean, I would have loved to see her keep the belt, but again, Fans have been clamoring for Sasha since before Mania, so I mean you can't wait too long 
get to the point where they don't care and then pull the trigger and it's like, oh, well, you should have done this months ago. So, yeah, like it needed to happen. But at the end of the day, I feel like honestly, Charlotte is like light years ahead of Sasha when it comes to in-ring ability, character, promo skill. Sasha is very basic on the mic. She almost stumbles over her words at times. You could tell she's not as comfortable as Charlotte. I, I, I just feel like Charlotte is really, really head and shoulders ahead of Sasha. Um, but, yeah, no, awesome, man. And with that said, I'm not knocking Sasha. I mean, she's still a great talent, fantastic worker. Um, uh, and even though I dislike her attitude, I am a fan of hers. And so, yeah, it was a great moment. I was obviously privileged to be there live to see it. Um I, I love that match. I really did. And that match on top of the promo work Charlotte's done all year and the match she had at Mania and everything else, like I'm just, I, I love what's or what Charlotte's doing. And I, I hope that, you know, she's going to be the focal point of that division for the next handful of years. Cause I, I can't get enough of her right now. Yeah. That was Monday night raw moving then on to, Tuesday night Smackdown, nearly said Thursday or Smackdown Live as we should call it now 61% average on Twitter we can't really go any further than the main talking point Dolph Ziggler yeah um, different two years too late or <laughs> I, I, I like Dolph don't get me wrong and you know what if someone deserves it on work rate it's probably Dolph but I'm sorry but why the hell did Bray Wyatt not win this match? Sorry, but that to me was the obvious one. Bray should have won this. Yeah, this wasn't the time or the place. Like Lee said, it's a little bit too late. Or not even that you can't go back to Ziggler, but you, you need to rebuild him at this point. He's just been losing and Absolutely. losing and on pre shows doing nothing. And this was just so. I don't know what this was, but it just seemed like such a reach. And, like, I love Ziggler as much as the next guy, but this isn't doing much for me, honestly. Ambrose for Ziggler at Slam. And then just the the whole thing at the end with Shane in the ring and, like, what were they even saying to each other? Like, what was the point of that whole thing? That's probably what they were saying. Shane was probably <laughs> like, I don't know what the, how they've booked this, but just go with it. It's fine. Just go with it. I got the impression the show underrun because that celebration – and countless replays seem to go on forever. Forever. Absolutely forever. And, and, and <laughs> It was probably Vince and Gorilla, like, hold on, play that back. <laughs> it was all a rib. He's just ribbing his kid, you know? <laughs> just like, seriously, who booked that? Play it again. Who booked that? <laughs> Let's watch him sweat out there like a fucking tomato. I'll beat red, you know? <laughs> probably got back behind the curtain and someone's just gone oh shit you know um, um, no bad move bad move yeah not only that but pinning AJ Styles as well he's he's got <laughs> who also got pinned on Sunday as well he's been pinned just as many times the last few days as a uh, Roman Reigns what's going uh, on you, you can read too much into that there ain't nothing wrong with that because he's going to go over Cena at, at SummerSlam so don't worry about it how many times has he been pinned on pay-per-view this month or this year too many times. Too many. Yeah, like, I just, I hope you're right, Chris. Like, he needs to get that rub at SummerSlam. Like, the guy is, I know he's only been around since the Rumble, but 
I hope that it's not this whole TNA image that is what's kind of making them force him to do these jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just hope that, I, I don't know. They need to view him as the top guy that he is because he is such a talent. And I, I don't view him as a TNA. Like, granted, he spent so much time at TNA. Like, when I look at him now, I don't think about the TNA stuff. Like, I could care less about the TNA stuff. I'm just excited for what he's doing now and what he's going to continue to do. So, I mean, they have a real genuine superstar on their hands here if they choose to go down that road. And it, it wouldn't take much work at all, if you ask me. No, not so. Top of my head, by the way, before you, you come in here, Chris, uh, two wins and four losses. That's not including the Royal Rumble match. Um, again, that is the top, the top of my head, so it could be incorrect. Yeah, but, I mean, at, at the same time, do we think any, any less of him? We don't. You know, yeah, exactly. And, and the crowd is still reacting. He was still, what was it, the third pick overall or something? So it's fine. Honestly, there's nothing to worry about. A AJ is a class, class act. And uh, and I think he's going over Cena at SummerSlam. Uh, and that, and the, from then, he can then take off. It's just typical WWE booking, that's all. I don't think there's a great deal to really worry about, uh, worry about with this at all. Sure. Um, another couple of talking points from SmackDown as well. Rhino returned, and also Shelton Benjamin was announced. Are we excited? Um, excited's the wrong word. Um, I, I don't think so they're no. bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they're bad. But it's not as though I, I'm I'm jizzing my pants over it, kind of thing. You know, like. Mm. Fair enough, they've signed these old guys. Be quite, I mean, Shelton Benjamin is a class act. And actually, even Rhino, he's been doing some good stuff down in NXT. But, you know, it's just like, okay, whatever. They're going to be mid-card, just helping out the younger guys, really, which is which is their job. And, yeah, I've got nothing against it, just not jumping for joy. I'm more excited about Shelton, I guess, than I am Rhino. Um, yeah, but, again, not jumping for joy, I'm not overly excited. Um so they officially announced Benjamin. Huh? I must have missed that. Uh, I I did uh, have to watch it back after the fact and kind of was fast forwarding through commercials and such. So I don't know. I might have missed it, but I had heard rumors that uh, he was you know headed back, but I didn't know they officially announced it. So I mean, to me, that's kind of cool. Like I think he's got a place. Uh, Sheldon's got a place on SmackDown. Um, we'll see what they do with him there. Um, you know, again, when I, I felt like. I always kind of viewed him like Kofi, I guess. Like, so talented, but didn't really have the mic abilities. And, uh, you know, just kind of floundered on the mid-card. But definitely very talented, capable of putting on uh, four-star-plus matches, you know. So I'm excited to have him back. The last I saw of him in Ring of Honor, you know, a couple of years ago, like, he was still tearing it up. So, you know, uh, I'm all for it. Uh, Rhino, it's, yeah, I could take him or leave him. I don't totally hate the guy but um you know like last year he was being booked at my bar for aw every month regularly so i i don't really view him in the same light anymore i guess one thing to mention is that the smarts are going to start having to come up with new people that are rumored for the rumble now because i think Shelton benjamin has been in the last five royal rumbles and hasn't <laughs> turned up um so now that he is actually there just think of so uh, Carlito. He's he's still a name that ain't attached yet. So, you know, there he, he can still be rumored. So uh, he's come out and said he's not interested. I'm afraid, Chris. So um, you can still rumor him, I guess. 
Another couple of names that are circling around at the moment. Kurt Hawkins and Jinder Mahal. Don't care. No, I, I totally agree with that one. It's yeah. They're talking about bringing them back? Absolutely. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> you know, you the thing get... is, is, with guys like that, if they haven't worked the first time, I can't see what they're really going to bring to the table. No. You know, like, with all due respect, but they were nothing. Like, I mean, at least Shout on Benjamin, we know was a good hand you know he was ic champion and and, and even rhino to a, to a you know to a degree he, he you know he was ecw heavyweight champion uh he did a few of bits and bobs but i mean seriously those two i just don't see what they bring to the table i really don't no 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 nxt this week a couple of uh points nakamura was announced as a new number one contender and there was also a match involving abushi so uh did either of you guys watch that show? Uh, I did, yes. Good, man. Uh, I'm actually, I, I'll be honestly, uh, I intend to watch that tonight when I get home. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm a little bit behind on my NXT. Like you said, there's been so much good wrestling lately. and Just being out of town last week, I'm still playing catch-up. Um, but So wait, Abushi now, was this just like a one-time deal because you know he's in for the Cruiserweight Classic? or Yeah, so... Blake and Murphy have, have gone their own ways, and they both challenged different wrestlers. Uh, with Blake challenging Nakamura, and Murphy challenging what he claimed was the favourite to win the CWC, Ibushi. So uh, yeah, just a one-time deal. He got a huge pop, as you would expect, but one the bigger than he gets in CWC. Yeah, it was it was it was voted sixty percent average by NXT's uh, on poll on the Twitter, but. Uh, it was a good I, episode. I wouldn't be so sure it's a one-time deal. I, I heard oh, a rumble. I don't think it is at the. I think that it was, is at the moment. Yeah, that was I, my I, question. You think he's going to yeah, get signed? Yeah, I I've heard a rumbling that he is signed. I've heard a rumbling that he is he's signed up and ready to go. And after the CWC, he will be in NXT. Uh, apparently, along with a couple of others in in, in the Cruiserweight Classic, WWE have got their eye on to try and sign. Um, not Zack Sabre Jr., though, which blows my mind. Like, I don't know if they're interested in him or not, but I, I, I know for a fact that he likes the freedom of being able to, to do what he does now and not have to, you know, uh, work that WWE grind. I mean, he told me that a month ago, you know. So yeah. I, it, it, I was surprised because, you know, I had run into Zack in the back um, you know, at Bourbon Street on AAW night, and I said, man, like, oh, are you excited about the Cruiserweight Classic and this and that? And he's like, oh, yeah, man, you know, this and that. And, and I had made a comment, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, you're you're going down there with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. I was like, and then you're going to come out of there with a contract, you know? And uh, he's like, honestly, he's like, I don't know if that's what I want, you know? He's like, I like the freedom right now to be able to go and do what I love and be able to see my family when I want and travel and just not have to be on that grind all the time. So, I mean, I, I would love to see Saber in NXT and he would be a guy to fill that role that Balor left by getting called up. Uh, for me, like right now, Saber Jr. would be one of the top guys you could call up. Um, I also, I feel like them, Exciting uh, Champa and Gargano to exclusive deals is going to be key. I feel like Champa is a guy that could fill that void in NXT 
left behind um, at the top of the card. Because, um, like, let's face it, right now you have Nakamura and Joe basically at the top. You, you need to establish some more guys to fill that void. And I, I think Ciampa, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I'm a little behind on NXT some weeks. And I, I can't really recall, like, him getting, like, over-the-top reactions. But he is just absolutely worshipped in AAW. Like, 700 fans just on their feet going nuts for him on Saturday like they do every month you know, singing along with the song and just getting into it. And um, He's a guy that if given time and pushed right, he could hold that NXT title easily. I think Zach Sable, could we talk to him about him in a minute, Lee? Well, I was going to say the CWC was up next. Um, yeah. The big advances were Zach Sable Jr. and Brian Kendrick going through. Um, but we'll talk about Zack Sable Jr. yet before we go to Brian Kendrick. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I I I appreciate he is very good, but he bored the ass off of me in the Cruiserweight Classic oh. match. Oh, I'm being. Wait, what happened, Lee or Chris? He he bored he bored the shit out of me. He absolutely bored me to tears. Now was that is what, what yeah, match was he in? He was the in the match? second or third match. Now th- this isn't a knock, um, because I think what it is is that we've had a couple of episodes of like proper uh, almost luchador esque. Uh, matches now what he was playing was what is his strength is to be fair it's a very map-based technical style um unfortunately yeah i don't know what it was i just don't think it come over very well on the tv i can see the guy has got masses of potential um and also dare i say not to be harsh again because i'm gonna get flamed for this but i mean to me he didn't have an ounce of charisma now i don't know whether that was because it was the first match of this cruiserweight classic maybe there was some nerves in there maybe it was because of the tv i don't know but just so you know i i was expecting zach saber jr because i've seen the revolution pro stuff and all the rest of it i i know what this guy's capable of you know I'm, i'm not thick but he just didn't come across that way to me but you know full well that he has got the potential to do more. So I'm just hoping and praying that the next match is a bit better. Because I'm sorry, but this this match, it, it bored me, I will be honest. Yeah, but I, again, that's the thing that Sabre Jr., is, he works a style that you need to give his matches time in order to appreciate, I feel like. And I don't know what kind of time they gave that match or if it would have made a difference. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, charisma-wise, I feel like he has charisma in the ring. He doesn't really have, you know, obviously, like, promo ability. He's character. He doesn't have much of a character outside of He's just, uh, you know, a, a sound technical wrestler. Um, but, like, like I said, he, for me, right now, I don't – I've seen him work some outstanding matches live. Uh, that's uh, honestly where I've seen most of his work. Uh, I watched him work Pentagon Jr. Uh, at PWG's Battle of Los Angeles tournament last year. Um in the finals, he worked Chris Hero and Speedball Mike Bailey. Um, outstanding, outstanding. That whole weekend, he won me over. That was when, because, you know, initially I was just kind of, man, whatever. But PWG Bola 2015, he won me over. Um, and then, you know, since then I've seen him work uh, several very good matches. Um, most recently, that match on Saturday at AAW um, with Cedric Alexander was just, dynamite like had 700 people eating out of the palms of their hands like uh, pre-intermission match like main pre-intermission main event just fucking crowd was into it and that's how i remember saber so i I, i'm actually going now to watch that cruiserweight classic match but 
Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised that it wasn't good, Chris, honestly, because I didn't see it yet, but I'm, I'm shocked that it wasn't good. Yeah, I think another problem is as well, I don't know if you watched the week before with Ibushi, uh, but that match almost spoiled me <laughs> because it was so good. Um, so, And also, I, I know that we're going to go on to it, but the match with Brian Kendrick uh, as well. Sorry, the other guy's name completely escapes me. It's late. Um <laughs> Superb! That, that that was a cracking match, um, and, and that that's the problem. It kind of got lost in the shuffle between what has been a. Re- I mean, the cruiserweight classic. I'll be honest, has really got me at the moment. I mean, I've been up. I've been get. Dead, there you go. It's how sad I am. But I, I've been getting up on a Thursday morning here, mega early to watch it before I go to work because I'm that into it. it it's that good a show. But yeah, the Zack Saber match. I don't know whether I was just tired that morning or whatever. But no, nah, it didn't do nothing for me. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> just to round off our weekly shows now, Ring of Honor. It's been announced that Adam Cole will face Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor World Title at their pay-per-view. Um, are we looking forward to this, guys? I know I am, but I, how about you two? Every Ring of Honor special like this, I look forward to. I've, we, we, we've made it a kind of a thing, haven't we, mate, of, of, of watching these. And I've, I've loved them. I, I really have. Um, and, and I look forward to this as well. The thing is, with Ring of Honor, you know what you're getting, which is going to be a cracking wrestling show. So absolutely looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, should be a solid title match. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, though. Uh, Lethal is champion. Um, eh, I, I get it. He's a great wrestler, but... I, I don't get overly excited about his matches like I have past Ring of Honor champions. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to a title switch here. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen. I highly doubt it, actually. Um, you know, they had the strap on Cole there for a while. Um, I I don't know. Uh, love Ring of Honor. I, I, I'm, sound, I'm sure I sound like a broken record. Been to 150 shows plus. Most of them from the front row. Uh, the other ones I've I've seen basically every show since the existence of Ring of Honor. That not so much their TV shows, but any show that was like a, a show that they put on DVD or one of their main shows, I've either been at or seen. So, you know, I I, I do love Ring of Honor and what you have it, but at the same time, I feel like compared to a couple of the other indies, they've kind of lost their way and just kind of go through the motions. Um, that's why I'm, I'm really trying to get you guys to check out, uh, obviously, PWG, but also AAW. Um, I'm going to have to try to figure out a way to get these DVDs to you or get you on their their website so you could check out the, the stuff. But, man, it's just uh, so good. And for me right now, Ring of Honor is kind of uh, – I don't know, you know, falling into a lull. I mean, while it's still really good, it's lost a little bit of traction compared to some of the other indies. But at the end of the day, yes, I do get excited for these shows. At the end of the day, it's all still really good sound wrestling. But I I don't know. It's just something about Lethal at the top. Man, just it it, kind of bores me a little bit, I'll be honest. It's been a long time. He's been champion a long time now, but we shall see. And then just a quick mention of TNA. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, for uh, Christ's sake. <laughs> Bobby Lashley retained the X Division title by beating, defeating D- DJZ in a ladder match. That was quite... F- Do you know what? It was good fun, guys. Um, Lashley's not 
a cruiserweight. We know that. So he was literally doing things like picking up the ladder above his head while DJZ was still on it. He militarily pressed DJZ off to win the match. And then in the finals of the Bound for Glory playoffs, we have Mike Bennett versus EC3. So um, we've got that to look forward to, haven't we, guys? Is Dixie Carter back off holiday yet? She's been in it. <laughs> oh, no, she's actually... No, because uh, you know, eventually when TNA is sold and her ass is out of there, uh, it might actually become moderately decent. Um, you know, the big thing, obviously, is that TNA has absolutely no money because Panda Energy have decided that, hmm, okay, this company hemorrhages money. We're not going to bank it anymore. Um, you know, TNA is being sold. Apparently, the last bunch of tapings actually only took place because of Billy Corgan uh, putting in some of his own wedge. So that's what I'm kind of waiting for now is that the company is finally sold and Dixie Carter's out of there and hopefully they can build some traction. They've got some cracking talent. And that one particular show I saw, which was the Sacrifice show, was top-notch. But since then, I'm sorry, but oh my God. And all that stuff with Matt Hardy and brother freaking Nero is absolute just an absolute... Uh, uh, that's a freaking travesty. Absolute freaking travesty. I'm sorry, but you cannot find that remotely decent if you're a true wrestling fan. I'm sorry. I, I appreciate that it's all different. I appreciate it's different and lovely and smelling of fucking roses, but it's not good. I'm sorry, it's not good. Appalling. <laughs> It's awful. It's just atrocious. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, how can you have, I mean, now they've, they're a little depleted or almost depleted down to nothing, I guess. But at one time, a couple years ago, you had Samoa Joe, Austin Aries, Bobby Roode, AJ Styles. The list goes on and on and on and on. But you have all this talent, but the product is just so unwatchable. And I feel like Sometimes they try so hard to be different or just to be unique and, you know, just be outside of the box that it, it comes off as just goofy. Like, it, it's it's always been that way. And it's not just the the um, the, the brother Nero and the Hardy boy uh, at the household thing. It, it, it's It's been going on since, the uh, you know, 10 years at least in TNA. Like, I recall – an electrified tag team cage match that I went to. Oh, yes. In Missouri somewhere <laughs> where guys are getting thrown into it. Then there's a delay. And then there's like a zzzz, like a fucking electrocution <laughs> and the lights going on and on. It was the fucking worst thing. I felt bad for homicide having to work in that fucking match. Did you see the last rights match? Uh,. Wait, oh my, my memory, brother. YouTube, last right, Sting versus Abyss. It is honestly one of the worst things you will ever see. Uh, thank you, Vince Russo. Thank you. Get out of wrestling, please. You awful. Um, it's just the most appalling hunk of trash. Now, the thing is, I'm not saying WWE has come up with some awful stuff because let's be honest, they did Katie Vick. Yeah, we don't forget that easily. But the problem is, is TNA can't afford to do shit like they do as much as they do. They can't afford to do the rubbish stuff. They should just concentrate on the good stuff that they've got, which is, dare I say it, a half-decent talent roster, although it's very thin, 
you know, what they have got is pretty good. Eli Drake is superb on a mic. Uh, Mike Bennett, I'm a big fan of. I think he's really good. Uh, dare I say it, Bobby Lashley. I mean, he can't actually speak because he can't pronounce his S's, but, You're you know, he looks like a machine. You're a bastard. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Your name is and, Finley, and you're a bastard. But that's the thing. It's why it's, he sounds so non-threatening. Like, I'm going to kill you. You know, it's like... <laughs> It's, it, honestly, awful. They've got to focus on the positives, which is just, you know, just present good wrestling. You know, you don't need to do all the rubbishy stuff. Uh, nah, it's such a shame because I keep trying with TNA. This is the other problem. You know, and it's the problem as well with, with WWE will have. You know, you can keep trying and keep building, and at the end of the day, you, and it takes a couple of bad shows and you've lost it because you've lost me. You know, you've lost me as a TNA fan. I did try after that good show I saw. But, man, just get rid of the rubbish. It's just awful. Yeah, you, you know what, though, Chris? For all the bad ideas that WWE might have, too, they still come up with ideas like, you know, um, Elimination Chamber, uh, Money in the Bank, TLC. Um, Asylum match. Yeah, yeah, but okay. then, yeah, but then even, yeah, but then even <laughs> that, that was sandwiched in the middle of a good show. It was, to be fair. So, if you want to go back even further than that, you've got Royal Rumble and just I, Survivor Series. It, it's just it, the dog pen match. Uh... Okay, all right, all right, Lee, all right. You fucking guy bleeds TNA over here. But but that's the thing because they're such a big company. If they do make stupid mistakes, which they do a lot, because we open we we highlight it. They, they can counteract that because they're so big with something good. So it's not as noticeable. It's not, it's not carrying the company. TNA, their whole shtick for the last month has been these stupid Brother Nero videos. And that's all they've got. So I'm sorry, but you know, some people might think it's amazing and the best thing on, you know, on God's earth, but... You know, for for half of the fans, it isn't. So you you you're already knocking back half of the audience. Uh, just just to head back to uh, Jay's electrifying match. I don't know if you ever watched Wrestling Society X back in the day. It sounds very very similar, and it sounds like that turned up to ten. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I did it, see it. Yes. Oh my days, and uh, <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Anyway, I think we'll wrap that up there, guys. Um, that'll be it for AWR Weekly we'll be back next week with Martin Nolan from IWC as our guest but for now I'm your host Lee Townsend thank yeah, you I am you're Chris Watts <laughs> do you know what mate I'll, I'll just finish it I'm Chris it's been nice talking to you he ain't even okay. doing his fucking job anymore Chris he's got one fucking job oh man honestly he's so he's thinking people. about TNA right now you got him rattled you know you fuming he sat, he sat thinking, I need to check out this last rights match and just see how good it is. <laughs> and I'm your live analyst, Jay Ralston. Thanks for tuning in, guys. <laughs> we'll speak to you all soon. Cheerio. Take care, guys. <laughs>